0: are Locked On Bengals, your daily Cincinnati Bengals podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What up Bengals fans and welcome to another episode of the Locked On Bengals podcast. I'm your host, Jake Lisco. He's your host, James Rapine. As always, on Tuesday, we're joined by Bengals Sands, Mike. We don't have our names up, James. I guess we're not going to fix that today. If you're watching on YouTube, we'll put them down in the description. You can find Bengals Sands, Mike Santagata, our film guy, on Twitter at Bengals underscore Sands. You can find James at James Rapine. You can find me at Jake Lisko, your host of the only daily cincinnati bengals podcast you can find it on youtube of course if you're watching on youtube please click the subscribe button if you're listening on some audio platform somewhere the easiest way to get this delivered to your device daily is to click that follow button oh look at you james on the fly getting our youtube graphics updated great work let's start with the injury news before we get to our all 22 observations the big one today trey waynes goes straight to that ir with the hamstring injury. The Bengals also sign Holton Hill, a cornerback to the practice squad, and Elijah Hollyfield, son of famous boxer Hollyfield, a running back to the practice squad, presumably to backfill for Trey Waynes in one case and to backfill for Samaj P. Ryan on the COVID list in the mm-hmm. other case. And the big impact here, of course, is Eli Apple will continue to be a Bengals starting cornerback in 2021 and by the time the season ends i bet you he'll end up having more snaps than trey waynes the the way things are going so far
1: yeah it sucks this sucks like they're spending all this money on trey waynes and he can't stay healthy and look we talked about it on tuesday's show when when lou anarumo you could hear in his tone that this was not a you know just a tweak where he was going to be able to play through it and Rather than trying to, to get him back quicker, they put him on IR. And, you know, hopefully he can come back. So the earliest he's going to be able to come back is week nine against the Browns when the Bengals return home. He's going to miss week six, seven, and eight uh, against the Lions, the Ravens, and the Jets all on the road. So who knows? Maybe it'll be home sweet home and he gets to go up against Odell Beckham Jr. and maybe a healthy Jarvis Landry in week nine. That's our best case, which sucks because he's only played two games. The good news, if there is good news, guys, the Bengals are used to, to playing without them. So they know what it's like without 26 and they can uh, hopefully navigate those waters on defense.
0: I think the other thing to me anyway, is that Janobia <laughs> has been their best corner this year. So For at least sure. it's not, you know, cornerback one. And that was evident. He played a good game against Devante Adams. To me, he looks like an absolute steal of a free agent. When we look back at this free agency class, uh, it might be that cheeto is the best signing we'll we'll see we'll see where we end up trey hendrickson's also been pretty good uh riley reef has been steady he's been fine but i would for my money say that the the value that cheetos provided this team has been quite high and and i'm excited to see where he goes as he's still a young guy mike let's go to the film perspective you've just finished watching the all 22 before we get into the offense where we're going to spend an entire segment talking about. You know, the the design of this offense, we're going to have <laughs> Seth Galina from PFF on the show tomorrow to talk about, you know, what can the Bengals do to write the ship? Because it seems like he has a lot of ideas and he's saying pretty much, you know, do an actual Sean Neveu offense, not as he puts it in his terms, the, uh, table of contents of the, uh, sean McVay offense which is a sick burn uh but but let's talk about cheeto you obviously have watched the game he graded out well for pff when we talked about it in our instant reaction i said that i thought he had a great game did the all 22 hold up did you think that cheeto had a nice game
2: oh yeah he was good he was he was really good um and even the the pff numbers are going to be slightly lower than i thought of him where (laughs) <laughs> uh, the PFF numbers are slightly lower than I thought they would be because, you know, he's facing Devontae Adams and so they don't account for your opponent when you're going against him. So there was a play specifically, he was outside leverage. He's great coverage, but Aaron Rodgers to Devontae Adams just a little bit higher than he can reach. And he's hands in there, but it's just, he, he can high point it and keep the ball away. So it, even the yards he's giving up are hard fought yards for the most part um you could see the difference when he left for a little bit and they had they had eli apple on him and then trey waynes on the goal line play uh you could see the difference where those guys weren't i mean trey was there trey was there on the goal line play he just was the same situation where Devonte adams is a very good receiver <laughs> he's gonna get his um
0: yeah
2: but yeah eli apple he got beat off the release and Adams is wide open those type of things where that wasn't happening too much with the woozy. And he even got a pick playing man coverage on against Adams. So lot to like about it. And then also hard nose that he's a grinder, uh, surprising a little bit because I thought he was going to be good in coverage after watching his film from Dallas. I didn't think he was this good making tackles in the shallow area or against the run. That was, that was what was somewhat surprising to me. So he, there was one specific play, and it was the Bengals weren't aligned correctly. They had a bunch to their left, the Packers, and the Bengals lined up with only two guys over there. So Roger sees that and goes, "Number is easy. These two, they're going to get blocked, and my guy's running." Cheeto slips underneath the block and makes the tackle behind the line of scrimmage for a tackle for a loss. That's just, whew! <laughs> that was that's like a, uh. uh yeah, chef's kiss, Rondé Barber type of stuff. Not going to say that he is Rondé Barber or anything, but that's that's what he used to do, that type of thing. where he's like, Yeah, we don't have the numbers, but I'll just slip this block and tap your guy for a loss. Yeah, I mean, he's playing
1: great. And it, it's funny you talk about how he like made life hard on Adams. And the narrative during camp was how slow of a start Jamar Chase got off to. Well, he was going up against the woozy a ton, a ton. And it was like, oh, man, 22 is just on Chase's hip. And you had stories about Chase not getting separation and things like that. Well, that might have been the best thing for Jamar Chase because he's he's facing this number one corner that I don't think anyone ruled out Awuzie being the Bengals' number one corner, but I don't think it was written in Sharpie. And now I think it's pretty much written in Sharpie that he's their top dog.
2: Yeah, popular opinion, I think, was that him and Waynes were like one A, one B or both high level number two guys, but I would say that Shadobe's been at least a lower end number one type guy. I I don't have too many concerns with him going against almost anybody. He was good against Justin Jefferson too. Um, maybe we'll see if Cheeto can keep it up against, I don't know, like a big, big bully guy like Mike Williams. Uh I don't know if we've seen that yet. We've seen yeah, him-
0: Alan Robinson stands out.
2: Yeah, but the Bears are kind of being weird with him.
0: <laughs> that's oh, true. Uh,
2: but yeah, uh, we'll we'll see him throughout the year. But so far, the return is awesome, and he's he's here multiple years. Uh, I think it's a three-year contract and three year, yeah.
0: seven mil a year. That's nice. That's a good. That's a good deal. I thought it was a pretty good deal when they signed him. It was the one that I thought had the most upside. He was injured and in a generally defunct defense in Dallas last year, paying early dividends, I would say, for the Bengals. He hasn't been perfect, but the chemistry, I think, is growing between him, Von Bell, Jesse Bates, as three out of the four outside or deep players, not, not counting Mike Hilton, who's also under contract for a few years. And speculation is growing. This may or may not be Trey Wayne's last year in Cincinnati. We'll see, I think you know, he'll have to play, obviously, but if he is healthy, I I think that's a little premature because Lou Anarumo, I think, brought him in for a reason. They paid him all that money for a reason, and if he doesn't play well down the stretch, if he comes back, you know, maybe we have this conversation again in a few weeks, but right now, I think the Trey Waynes won't be here in 2022 conversation. I think it's just a little bit too early, but Let's shift gears, Mike, the the big topic today after Seth Galina, who again will be on the podcast tomorrow, is the the scheme issues with the Bengals offense, more so than play calling, which a lot of fans are really grasping on to lately. It's just the entire offensive design. Offensive design might be missing some important window dressing. So let's talk about that in detail coming up next.
1: But first, I got to tell you about a way to save money, and it's with GetUpside. Maybe the Bengals could grab some GetUpside and use it to buy a little more window dressing, as Jake Liskow put it. Or maybe they could put it towards Trey Wayne's 2022 contract, because that's uh, an expensive one. Either way, you can download the GetUpside app in the App Store or Google Play, and it's simple. Every time you fill up your gas tank, you're going to save money. And- It could be up to 25 cents per gallon, which is going to add up, especially if you're filling up a lot and traveling like a lot of people are doing now that you're not working from home anymore. Like me, I'm going to the stadium every day. Well, I want to save money on gas and I can do it. And I do it with GetUpside. And right now, if you use promo code touchdown, you're going to save an extra 25 cents on your first fill up. That means up to 50 cents off each gallon on your first fill-up. So download the Get Upside app in the App Store or Google Play. Use promo code TOUCHDOWN to start saving money right now.
0: All right. So Seth Galina writing about the Bengals offense, talking about the Bengals offense on his podcast, Too High. Mike, you and I talking in DMs quite a bit today, going back and forth about several of the plays and a lot of discourse in general in the, in the Twitter world, which, you know, for, for whatever it's worth, it exists. This is where the discourse is today about the Bengals' offensive design, and it really goes back to the... the there's a few things, right? One of them is, you know, we've talked before, where's the, the read-pass option game? The Bengals have run three read-pass option throws this year. They've gone really well, but they're not part of this team this year. What's going on with the play-action game? Why, why hasn't it worked? Joe Burrow's numbers on play-action have been miserable. What's going on in empty? Is is empty hamstringing this offense? Is it too easy to defend? And it worked to great success against Jacksonville on Thursday Night Football. You turn on the tape against the Packers, a more disciplined defense uh, and probably a better secondary, even without Jair Alexander, because they have solid safeties and there's some very obvious differences. And then the the wide zone game which i think probably looked a little bit different this ga- this week with the the limitations around Joe Mixon but hasn't looked like the Sean McVay wide zone that he no longer runs by the way with Matthew Stafford arriving in LA it's missing all the pre-snap motion and and even though this is a PFF Seth point even though the the Rams Aren't running the pre the uh, the outside zone as much. The Rams have still run more jet motion on under center plays than the Bengals have this year. So these little pieces are missing. What did you see when you turned this game on, Mike, when you're evaluating the the overall scheme now five weeks into the season as as the Bengals, you know, lose a close one and the offense hasn't been able to get going?
2: Ooh, a lot of points to hit. We'll start backwards with the wide zone stuff. I think they make it a little bit difficult on the offensive line, which is already lacking a little bit. Um, nobody would go into the season thinking the Bengals have even an above average run blocking offensive line. Uh, they don't make it easy on them. There's no, like you said, the jet motion, or Seth said, there's no jet motion to kick the linebackers over, stop the pursuit angles a little bit quicker, help, help Trey Hopkins who struggled this game to get – to sustain his blocks at the second level. I mean, that's easier if the guy's on a better angle for you and that's what the jet motion would do or the threat of the jet motion. um, With the play action stuff off of the wide zone, they haven't done the gimme stuff. They're doing all the hard work, all the wide zone just from under center, no, no motion, nothing. And they're not taking the easy stuff that usually comes with that. the, Main one I think of is just that play action with an over route, the Yankee concept, whatever, all the different ones, drift, Yankee, uh, rage, takeoff. There's like a hundred different ways to just throw that same over <laughs> over route, whether or not he stops. Um, and Bengals don't take advantage of it. That seems like something that they really could do with Tyler Boyd running that over route from the slot. And then you still have Jamar Chase running deep, uh, T Higgins probably crossing the field deeper. That really feels like it lines up with a lot of the players' abilities, but they haven't, I don't, I don't think they've run those specific concepts a single time from what I remember. Um, Maybe once or twice. I know it's in the playbook because they ran it at least once or twice last year. So none of that, the boot game, it's there. You see Drew Sample, Catch the check, catch the ball off on the shallow from, from the boot, and he just falls over his own feet. But it was a fifteen yard game. If fifteen yard gain, if he can just stay on his feet and run forward, uh, he also dropped another one off of a boot. Which yeah, just an awful day on the boot for him. Uh, and then I think when you talk about creativity, it's kind of a buzzword for offenses, but. The Bengals constantly use Auden as their extra blocker. Uh, under center mainly is what I'm thinking of. Run the play action boot stuff or whatever, leak, if you want to do that. They've ran leak, I think, one time, and it was the game winner against uh, Minnesota. Run him instead of sample. <laughs> Run him on that uh, little slide-type route. It, he probably stays on his feet a little bit better. <laughs> I mean, I don't know how it could be that much worse. So that, that's my problem with the wide zone portion of the offense, and they're running two offenses. They they have the spread LSU one as well, where the empty uh, safeties are sitting. They're they're when they're too deep, they're not deep. It's too mid. <laughs> There's no deep. It's they're sitting right there at eight yards, playing downhill trying to jump everything quick because that's the only thing the Bengals are doing from empty. Anyway, it's just all quick game because the offensive line can't hold up to actually take a real shot other than a Jamar chase go ball. And those just aren't there every single snap. The the corners aren't going to press him when he beats them, beats them like a drum downfield for 80 yards. So it's like, okay, now you're playing off and you're playing basically scared, like just protect a deep. So they love, Hoss juke series, but Burrow will, didn't throw the seam ball the one time it was open because, again, it's empty, and they're not really playing that too too conservatively. They're downfield. The uh, seam ball was there. He didn't throw it. He threw the juke route. That was the interception, which he didn't even have the read for the return. He Boyd sat because he didn't want to get his head taken off.
0: Can so. you explain that part a little bit? Let's talk about the pick and and okay. Haas White Juke just as a play is is two two hitch routes on the outside, two seams from the inside guys. So on this play, they had tight end running back outside Uzama and P Ryan on the outside running hitch routes, and they're the laziest hitch routes I've ever seen. That that killed me for one. <laughs> and then you have. Uh, T. Higgins and Jamar Chase in the slot on either side. They're running seam balls. He starts to Jamar Chase. He decides that's too tight by the time he gets to T. Higgins. The strong safety is in the play because it's single high. And against single high, you're not supposed to be reading that juke route, which is what Tyler Boyd killed the Jaguars on the entire game, if you think back to that game. But when you have single high, that means you have two linebackers to deal with. And Joe Burrow just didn't seem to account for Devontae Campbell.
2: Yeah, middle of the field closed versus middle field open. That's the main. Every offensive corner, that's how they describe defenses for the most part. It's, is there a safety in the middle of the field or are there two safeties deep? Cause there's two safeties deep. There's less guys underneath. If there's one safety deep, then we can't throw the post route, but there's more guys underneath. So you can hit the seam ball in between the post safety and the guy that's covering him. And it was there for T, but Burrow and Chase have a connection. So he's looking that way first. And by the time he gets to T, it's too late. And I mean, that's kind of what it is with these mirrored concepts when you have a timing where if you hold on to chase just a tick too long, thinking like, OK, but what if he what if he just breaks away real quick? What if what if he puts on the jets here and does get past him and I got an 80 yard touchdown, but he didn't. And then by the time you get back to T on the other side of the field, that window's closed because you can't be late on a scene ball. I mean, it's the preferred throw to what he did, but you can't be late on the seam ball because either your receiver's getting blown up or the ball's going the other way on an interception. So at the very end, Burrow looks to the juke route because what else is he going to do? He Everything's covered. The hitches didn't fool anybody. They're not high-lowing anybody. They're just the corners stayed there. Uh, seam ball, he didn't find the window for T, so he can't throw that. And now it's just the juke route or run. So he tries to throw the juke route, but Boyd, the coaching point on the juke route is when I show you my eyes and I'm sitting there, that means I'm sitting. If I don't give you the look, then that means I'm about to make a move because it's basically freelancing. It's just Boyd, hey, Boyd, go sauce that linebacker because we he shouldn't be on you. <laughs> um, but there's two linebackers on him basically. So Boyd doesn't want to run into a linebacker where Burrow throws the ball from the interception, but he's not really doesn't really have any separation from the other guy because he played good leverage on it. So everything's covered other than the one, the window to T was there, but he didn't get there in time and you can't be late. So there's about 10 other options that Burrow could have done on this play that were better. Just throw it into the stands behind a hitch route, uh, throw it deep and out of bounds, to one of the seams i don't know uh throw it into the ground near boyd's feet and he kind of chose the worst option of all because at least if you threw the seam ball late and got intercepted at least that's like 20 yards downfield and not a five-yard interception where the guy's running and they're already in the red zone so
1: yeah i mean it was awful the game should have ended right there and they got lucky for it for it not to end we'll continue our conversation with Bengals sands as our all 22 review continues but I got to tell you about built bars because, look, let's be honest here. That's what I was dreaming about all segment long is this built bar right here. And the moment we get done with this podcast, I'm going to crush this cookie dough junk built bar. And they have nine delicious flavors, plus the occasional limited time flavor like this one, the cookie dough chunk. And you can check them out at builtbar.com. And the best part about built bar isn't the fact that they're covered in 100% chocolate or that they're protein packed, it's the low sugar, the low calories perfect for the macros, perfect for the diet. Whether you're looking for just a protein punch post-workout, maybe a midday snack, they have the perfect flavor for you. They taste great. They're going to fit your macros. So go check them out right now. BuiltBar.com. Use promo code LOCK15 and you're going to get 15% off your first order. Again, promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com.
0: Well, James, uh, I think Mike and I dominated that last segment and, uh, there's probably still some more offense to talk about. Let me throw this out there to you, James, and then I'll let you take it where you want to go with, with Mike for the next question. The next topic here, I was talking to, to Mike in DMS early today and who slid into
1: whose DMS.
2: I was
0: going to ask that earlier. Uh, you know, I didn't want to interrupt it's, you. It's back and forth. You know,
2: okay. it's, a it's a mutual slip mutual and slide.
0: Okay. <laughs> um, I, I love the connection that Jamar Chase and Joe Burrow have. It's obviously been very productive for the Bengals, but I I'm seeing a little bit right. of Andy Dalton, AJ Green in the Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase relationship where there are times that Burrow decides pre he He's looking at Chase. He's starting with Chase, and maybe that's what he's being coached. But there are times when T on the other side on mirrored concepts or a couple times in this game where, where T would have been the better side. And I mm-hmm. think, you know, there's something about the relationship and that connection where he's defaulting to Jamar. Have you, have you noticed that, James? And then I'll let you go from there.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think there's a little bit of that. I also think that um, boy getting double-teamed through the – caught the Bengals off guard. I don't think that was a plan. And then as far as T goes, T played bad the other day. I wonder if he's still hurt, um, in, if there's like a confidence level with Burrow where he's like, man – because, I mean, he had both drops are killers, right? And the first one ended a drive on the third and two. And the second one, they still converted, but it was on their final drive of regulation. Um, I think there's probably a little bit of that. But, again, I mean, team missed two games. They didn't play together in the preseason. And Chase is the only one making huge plays. So I think part of that might iron itself out if they uh, they – design things better, I guess. And that's where I default the Bengal Sands. And this is how we can move forward here. Mike, how can they – is it as simple as uh, doing some of the stuff you talked about? How can they fix this? Like do they have to revamp the playbook? Do you think the answers are in the playbook? Uh, what What is it? Because to me, this offense – and I've said it, and I'm not going to – I'm going to keep pressing the gas, foot on the gas pedal here. They should be much closer to 30 points per game than this 20 points per game. And they haven't even gotten close. Outside of the what the twenty-seven against Minnesota, haven't gotten close to the thirty yet this season, and that was in overtime. So, what uh, what do they have to do to fix this? Because they obviously have the talent.
2: Yeah, uh, you don't have to revamp the playbook. <laughs> I think I think the plays are in there. I think no. it's the sequential play calling a little bit where a lot of the under center is it's a run. There's not a play action concept off of it. You could argue about whether or not you need to run the ball from under center for the play action to matter. But either way, I mean, the better play is the play action one, right? So cut out some of the runs for the play action, but they're, they under center run games better than their shotgun run game, but their shotgun pass games better than their under center pass game. So it's a little bit tough. You understand where that disconnect comes from. And you see the tweet of like 80% run from under center or 75% mm-hmm. pass from shotgun. It's like, well, that's, that's, what's better out of those two things for them. Um, Yeah, I think you just get – you get some of those gimmies, the overroutes, some of those throwback screens that are – mix and dropped one, that would have been big against the Jags. Uh, Just real easy things that – it's easy on the offensive line, especially those – any type of wide zone play action. It's not a a playoff because there's never a playoff, but it's as close as you get. You just wad it up down the side, and that's about it for the offensive line. They don't actually have to block well because – they're just holding those guys over there, the play, the actions, holding that. And then it's a gimme play for burrow. It's a gimme play for the offensive line. The thing with the empty and everything it's empty's good. Just attach somebody to the offensive line because they're not the type to block with five. You mm-hmm. see the PFF scores and everything, the pass block win rate, it doesn't account for when they have a three man slide left and Trey Hopkins doesn't move to the guy on the right in time. It's, it's not a pass-block loss, and who knows if PFF charts that because they're not positive if that was him or Carmen. You're talking about the play where Burrow gets crushed on yes. the deep ball, Yes, yeah. oh, just as a specific. game. Yeah, yeah. It, oh. just as a specific, and it makes sense what they're doing with the three-man slide left, but the, oh. Hopkins just hasn't been himself the same way no. where he's – he had one okay game, and other than that, he'd, he'd be grading out similar to one of the – not. Uh, I want to say like – maybe the worst or second-worst member of the offensive line. That is not what was expected coming in. So no,
1: this it wasn't. Uh, and I know Jake probably – sorry to cut you off. I know Jake's going to want to ask more. But uh, specifically with – and I think we – did we talk about it on the podcast or right before? Either way, the, the scripted plays at the beginning have been awful. They haven't scored a point on them. Yep, so we- w- let's go there. When you watch the film, what's the – the common theme here because i asked Zach how frustrated he was and he's clearly frustrated and it he should be because that's uh directly reflected on him whether it's fair or not so why are they struggling so much on let's do the math 5 times times 15 60 plays 0 points
2: yeah zero uh, they have not scored a Can't single on me there was <laughs> there was there was a missed field goal so there is that it could be 3 on 5 drives but whatever it's just a field goal for 40 something yards uh you want a touchdown and you look at look at the Rams for an example their scripted plays they've had two that didn't score they have two touchdowns and a field goal to go with it and say what you want they're more it's an offense that has been put together longer and I mean I think we would all agree that Sean McVay might be a better play caller (laughs) so yeah well might yeah uh so you have those things working but How do they not score a single touch on these scripted plays? There's always a few that are like really well designed. Uh, I think back to the Jags game again, there's a fake toss rollout with a sneak route, which again, I don't think they do this enough, but free 20 yards, Tyler Boyd's running downfield and he gets a good block for it too, but just a free play, just a play. Burrow doesn't have to worry about. He's good at rolling left and throwing, to be honest, it's, uh, that's something he does well, and that's something you need for this offense. You don't want to only be able to roll right and throw. So he rolls left, throws it easy fifteen yards. Where is that in this game it was to drew sample and he fell down. So I wouldn't just roll it one time to- I just I wouldn't just run these plays one time it's, it's against Jacksonville they ran it multiple times and this game they run it I think once, maybe twice. The thing with it is that. Your slide-naked game as a wide zone offense, that's kind of like this, the butter after the bread. The the bread would be the wide zone, and your butter is this slide-naked stuff off of it. And Sean McVay loved dressing everything up with jet motion and shifts and condensed sets, and the Bengals don't really do much of that. I think you add that in, they've done it. You think back to Zach Taylor's first year, they were using all those jet motions. This John Ross on that flea flicker was a jet motion wheel. And people were stealing that design. So he's got the creativity. He's got the stuff in his playbook. I think it's just he gets – the offense gets too into the empty stuff because Burrow likes it a lot. I know I know he likes it a lot, but it's just attach somebody to the line, make their life easier. They can't block those five with their five. So just attach somebody, make the life easier, and then you can take a deep shot. You could run a Mills or a double post concept when they're too high and – think about where the, where those safeties were this week playing eight yards, flat footed and you run double post with Boyd and chase. That's wide open. Either one, just take your pick because the safety isn't going to be able to play over top of that, but they can't because the offensive line can barely hold up for a three step drop out of shotgun, let alone a three step drop and hitch. So attach somebody, do do something to help the protection uh, I would hate playing in this scheme as well as, as an offensive lineman. <laughs> Getting an empty, having to dual read all the time, all that stuff, that sounds terrible.
0: Or they could just keep a running back in. I mean, it's yep. not like it's that different to just like, you you know, you want to be three by two, whatever. That's fine. You, you can do the same things with the running back a lot of the time. And, and yeah, he's coming from the backfield. But like, what if you motion to empty? based on the look you get and and, this is this is another point that that pff seth made and we'll talk to him about tomorrow but he's like they don't even motion to empty they just line up and it's like normal splits and so the the condensed splits have gone away the the idea of of motioning to empty we haven't seen as much and i'd be curious to know why that's happening uh one one last note on the offense and then one question about the defense real quick before we get out of here the Jamar chase comeback where he breaks a tackle and goes for like 20 yards after the catch to start the second half right before that interception. There's a blown protection there. Uh, I don't know if you, you, you remember seeing this, Mike, there's um, Jackson Carmen, I think goes and, and slides inside to help Trey Hopkins. Riley reef is watching this linebacker who's covering P rhyme, but is showing blitz. His first step is forward and Dean Lowry who's the three tech on the play just comes through unblocked. And for some reason he doesn't just smash Burrow. He, he kind of leaks outside. He thinks maybe it's a screen is his reaction. <laughs> like he kind of like is playing it as if it's a screen. So Joe Burrow can get the throwaway. I just thought that was a, a funny little note just to talk about the, the issues they've had and getting protection set. Generally speaking, just like, Communication issues along the offensive line, communication issues between Burrow and the offensive line, or Burrow not seeing things right, or Hopkins not seeing things right. Not sure where the issue is. Maybe it's just reaction time for these guys and and them not seeing the hints, but they really have to clean that up. Last thing I want to talk about is uh, pass rush win rate, of all things, for the defense. And I know this is a non sequitur out of left field, but the only guy who was winning consistently for the Bengals with any consistency at all against the Packers was Trey Hendrickson. Sam Hubbard has not really been a factor as a pass rusher this year. Larry Ogunjobi has been very streaky. DJ Reader is a fantastic player, but in terms of like shoot the gap, get a quick sack up the middle, that's not really what they're paying him for. There's some hope, I guess, when Khaled Kareem gets back. Is there anything they can do? To try to improve their their pass rush because their 35% pass rush win rate, I think, is like tied for fifth worst in the NFL or something like that. So it's not really a place where you want to be.
2: Yeah. Um some of it's the the talent they have. They only have one guy that's really the quick. I mean, yeah. Ogan can do it. He we've seen it. We've seen Ogan Joby have a first step that just blows by the guard. It's usually not a talented guard to be honest, but he blows by the guard and he's in the backfield before the quarterback finishes his drop. So we, we've seen that. And BJ Hill had a game with two sacks. So, I mean, there's hope on the interior. But the thing with the interior is that their pass rush win rates never, unless you're yeah. Aaron Donald, it's yeah. it's not going to be that high. They're, they're pocket pushers, especially DJ reader. He just condenses the pocket. So the quarterback can't step up and that's not a win. That's for, technically in the pass past rush win rate that's yeah. just a that's a stalemate i think to them i mean, I could be wrong but he does a pretty good job of pushing the pocket trey hendrickson doing a great job of being a speed rusher around the edge i think he has a good power set as well i mean i thought he was gonna be pretty good he's kind of been a little bit better than i thought i think he's been straight up good um which still not the 10 the what do you have 13 and a half sacks it's, He never was the 13-and-a-half, really, really was the 13-and-a-half sack guy that was a really talented defensive line with a really smart defensive coordinator. And this leads me to my next point is that I think Lou is doing some stuff to mitigate this. Uh, The reason the defense has been good is because his pressure designs have been good too. And then his disguise is off of the pressure designs. So everything has been working together. There's specifically one play. I'll talk about two plays. One is a cover zero, which is a man blitz, nobody deep. They're just sending everyone. They're sending the house. And the Bengals line up with one safety deep, the double mug that they've been using a little bit. And to me as just your armchair guy, and I think Rogers, cause he seemed a little surprised that one safety deep is like, Oh, they're, they're bluffing the, they wouldn't have a safety deep if this was cover zero, because that guy has got to be in man coverage. And then they blitz everybody. <laughs> and it's like, Oh crap. <laughs> so uh, that ended up being an incomplete pass. And I believe that's the same play Trey Hendrickson, I mean, these guys are bought in. Trey Hendrickson does appeal. Uh, that's when you're rushing as the defensive end and the running back comes out to your side, he starts going and you have to take him. And last year, we the Bengals didn't really have somebody that was very good at that. I remember Carlos Dunlap just kind of shoving Kareem Hunt and then just standing there while Kareem Hunt scored a touchdown. Uh, but Trey Hendrickson stops, picks him up, and runs with him. And so that's gone. The coverage is good. Rodgers has to throw it away because you don't have time to wait for the wheel route to open up against the defensive end or wait for the man coverage to be beaten on these cover zero looks where it works. And on the other side, not just that, but they, they do a good job of disguising a, a little bit when they are, are coming, but they're making it look like they're not coming, blitzing from depth, all those things. Um, they'll play too high and end up in man-free. The interesting thing to me is just how often they're willing with Jesse Bates to man up with him from playing deep. That's not something that's super common, and that's something where a plus of having a Jesse Bates on the team where they can man up a tight end from playing what looks like a too-high deep look. So Lou is doing a lot of interesting and good stuff to mitigate – the lack of pass rush coming from the talent so i think just keep doing those things don't get too caught up with uh trying to make don't get too caught up with the pressure designs themselves but i like just the idea of just send more than they have and that's the peel thing too if your guys are peeling well hubbard and um hendrickson send it send send the pressure because they're not get they're getting home before these this coverage is beaten i mean we'll see with apple but
0: that's that worked really well this week there's also that they a few times rogers held the ball for like seven eight seconds and had nowhere to go with it so that that speaks to the back end of this defense holding up that's going to do it for this episode of the locked on bengals podcast we're out of time but had a great conversation today about some of the schematic issues on the offense, some of the specific plays from the Packers game with Mike Santagata. You can find him on Twitter at Bengals Sands. He'll be with us every week after games to talk about what he sees on the All-22 in conjunction with James and my own observations. Next time, tomorrow, we're joined by Matthew Derry from Locked On Lions for a weekly crossover and PFF's Seth Galina, who wrote a, a bit of a tirade today on uh, Tuesday as we record, talking about his frustrations with the Bengals offense until next time Bengals fans who and have a good one.